Welcome. You're about to listen to a teaching of the Foursquare Gospel Church, VGC District. At Foursquare, we believe in the transformation of communities through the multiplication of disciples, leaders, churches, and movements. May your hearts be blessed and transformed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we want to magnify your name. We want to thank you, eternal rock of ages, for the privilege that we have that we can come into your presence. Lord, as we share from your word this morning, I just pray, Father, that you minister to us in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that, Father, your word will work transformation in our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal rock of ages, and to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Please be seated. Praise the Lord. I welcome you all to church this morning in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for the month of October. And this is the month of our anniversary. Amen. This morning, I'll be sharing on the topic, Fulfilling Our Mandate. And our theme for this anniversary month is Be Fruitful. Be Fruitful. Be Fruitful. And again, the month of October is our mission month, both for the Foursquare organization and, of course, our local church. And for the Foursquare organization, the, the team focus is fulfilling God's mandate in the decade of Soaring. So a lot of thoughts will be shared along that um, team in the course of the month, particularly during our Bible study sessions. And the focus for our 20th anniversary will remain be fruitful. And our team, our text team, our text for the team is Luke chapter 5, verse, verses 4 and 10. But this morning, I'll be sharing on the, what I have tagged, fulfilling our mandate. Fulfilling our mandate. And I want us to quickly turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and I'll read from verses 1 through to 10. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through to 10. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw 
at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and helped them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. From now on, you will fish for people. Praise the Lord. Like I said earlier, precisely on the seventh of this month, by the grace of God, It will be exactly 20 years since we had the inaugural worship service of this church. And by God's grace, we have a planning committee that has lined up a few activities majorly designed for us to assess impact and a time to thank the Lord, a time of thanksgiving. And as we assess impact, people will share testimonies and then we will spend time to just thank God. And then reflect on the future. Look ahead. It's not time yet for us to sit back and congratulate ourselves that we have survived 20 years. But it's time for us to also look ahead. And say, for instance, if Jesus tarries, what will happen in the next 10, 20 years to come? What are the challenges that are ahead for us? All of these thoughts have gone into coming up with our team, which is be fruitful. And our prayer is that as we look into the future as a church, that our members will be fruitful in Jesus' name. That as a church, we will be fruitful. 
And the dimension of fruitfulness that we're looking at can only be likened to the quantum of catch that Simon had when Jesus told him to let down the net. And I pray that that will be your portion in Jesus' name. We're trusting the Lord that as members of this church and as a church, that the Lord will help us as we go into the future. That just as the Lord commissioned Peter at the end of that story, in response to Peter's fears and in response to his acknowledgement of his sinful state, that he should not be afraid and that going forward, instead of catching fish, the Lord told him that his new commission was to join him to catch people. That will be our portion in Jesus' name. The Lord would reinforce our commission as we focus more on catching people. That is the focus of my sharing this morning as I share thoughts on the subject fulfilling our mandate. That was the mandate that the Lord gave to Peter. And by implication, I believe that that is also the mandate that the Lord is giving to you and I and giving to us as a church in Jesus' name. The Lord will grant us grace. We will not fail. We will live to fulfill his mandate for us in the name of Jesus. We will not go and meet him empty-handed, but we will enter heaven with style. You know, I've always said it, that don't pray to smuggle into heaven. Are you with me? Don't pray to do what? To enter heaven. You know, don't smuggle into heaven. But pray to get into heaven with what? Style. If you've done your work and you fulfilled your mandates on this side of eternity, there will be a warm welcome that awaits you. And that will be the portion of members of this church in the name of Jesus. And back to our story. In this story, we see Jesus who, in ministering to the crowd, decided to use Peter's boat as his pulpit. And then we're told in the Bible that he sat in and then preach from there. And at the end of his ministration, he then told Peter to pull into the deep. He told Peter to pull into the deep. And in the deep, he told Peter to lower his net. Now, I have thought through this, and I kept wondering, why did Jesus tell Peter at that time of the night why? Why did he tell him to go into the deep? Why did he have to tell him to lower his net? Why was it necessary? Was it because Jesus perhaps knew that, oh, these guys had toiled better part of the night without any catch? Or was it because maybe after Jesus had to use Peter's boat Peter, of course, was sitting in that boat to make sure that the boat was okay and stable and perhaps heard everything that Jesus said. 
Maybe Jesus sensed that, look, all this preaching has really not gotten into Peter. I need to do the miraculous to hit this guy. I don't know. But I've thought of so many possibilities. But what I do know is that Jesus said, look, pull into the deep. Pull into the deep. Simon was reluctant. Because with all his knowledge and understanding of fishing, and knowledge and understanding of that environment and the lake, he knew that, humanly speaking, it was futile. But in any case, he obliged. He obliged. And he obeyed. And we saw the outcome. They had such a large catch that they could hardly cope with it. He had to summon his partners to come and help him. And suddenly, he had so much fish in his net that he needed help, that his boat and that of his partners were beginning to sink. From this Bible story, we learn the necessity of human participation in God's work. Because God, our Lord Jesus, was headed somewhere. He just didn't do that for doing sake. He had a clear goal. And we'll see how it played out. Because at the end of it all, Peter would then come to the Lord Jesus Christ to say, no, 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 look. He knelt down and said, look, you need to leave me. You need to go away from us. And then he declared that he was a sinful man. It begins to give a bit of insight into perhaps why the Lord Jesus had to do that. All the sermon did not bring Peter to that point of recognition of his sinful state. But that singular event immediately brought Peter to the full realization that he was indeed a sinner. And gave further credence and justification for the whole reason why our Lord Jesus Christ was there on earth. And it created the setting for our Lord to commission Peter and to ask him that, yes, you shouldn't be afraid. Going forward, I'm enlisting you to now join me in catching people. Matthew says, our Lord, you know, the way Matthew presents it as fishers of men. Fishers of men. And as we look at that story, and as we look at what the Lord Jesus Christ did, it becomes clear to us that our Lord invites human participation in his work. The catch of fish was miraculous, no doubt. But the fisherman, his boat, 
his nets were not ignored in the process. They were all used to bring in the fish. And this, this is very instructive. And I want us to always remember this. That God invites human participation. And that takes me to the very first point here. Human participation. Yes, there's no doubt that God works by his own means. And he's God Almighty. He can do things on his own. When God works without human instrument, he is certainly glorified. But God has personally selected the plan of human participation as that which most magnifies him on earth. And it's a deliberate choice that God has made. So God is pleased to see human participation. And this is where we come into the equation. And this is, why, this is where we become relevant. And this is where our mandate begins to emerge. That God desires human participation. And that God has commissioned you and I to be involved in his work. And that you and I have a role to play. And that God has given us all that we need to be able to deliver and meet his expectations of us in fulfilling the mandate that he has given to us. And that takes me to human effort. That takes me to human effort. Because you see, again, as human beings, as we begin to recognize our relevance, as we begin to appreciate the fact that God wants our participation, we also need to be careful because what then begins to happen is we may just embark on human effort without God's involvement. And when that happens, there is a lot of futility in it. Because human effort by themselves are utterly useless. Utterly useless. And that's why you, Peter said to our Lord Jesus Christ, in that same story and that encounter, Simon said in verse 5, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Haven't caught anything. Real. All night. Why haven't they caught anything all night? Why have they toiled all night with nothing to show for it? They were, no, they were not amateurs. No, they understood fishing. They grew around that region. They understood the lake properly. They've been fishermen. So why did they toil all night without a catch? Did they do the job without skill? No, they were skillful men. They were skillful fishermen. 
Did they lack diligence? No, we're told that they worked hard. Diligence is to be carefully hardworking. They worked hard. Did they lack perseverance? No, they had fished all night. Was there a shortage of fish in the lake? Certainly not. For as soon as the master came, the fish swam to the net in large numbers. What then was the reason for their earlier failure? Human effort without God. Human effort and means on their own lack power. Lack power. And without God, we can do nothing. And John 15, verse 5 reminds us, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that is where we see the futility of human effort. And that's why we need to guide against human efforts outside of God. God must provide the context. And it's very important. Because increasingly, the propensity for man is self-help. We want to be independent. You want to do things on your own. And that's why last month we took time to look at our team on wavering trust. And we kept reminding ourselves that we needed to rely completely on God. And again, today we are reminded that human effort outside God lacks power. And to be able to fulfill the mandate that has been given to us, we need power. We need God. We need his leading. We need his guidance. Outside of him, we can do nothing. And we're reminded in Philippians 4.13, but with Christ, we can do all things. So Christ makes the difference. So when you now have human effort, as God commands, and with God's presence, the outcome becomes different. The outcome becomes different. And in our story, we see our Lord Jesus Christ in the picture. And now tells Peter, lower the net. Christ's presence brings success. It makes all the difference. And as soon as he responded in obedience to the Lord, we're told in that story that he had such a huge catch that he was astonished. He was astonished. And we saw Simon's response, which further unveils the need for the mandate. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, 
go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. We need to continue to focus on him and his presence with us as we focus on fulfilling the mandate guarantees abundant fruitfulness and by his grace the fulfillment of the mandate. When Jesus is lifted up in his church, his presence is the church's power. And John 12, 32 reminds us, it says, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. And that's when you begin to experience the abundant catch. And I want us to begin to now see the connection between the abundant catch and our focus as we respond to the mandate. We want that the Lord will help us and enable us not just to make insignificant efforts at soul winning, but we're looking at substantial effort. We're looking at effort that is in complete response to God's command and guided by his presence so that we can have abundant catch to show for our efforts. We are trusting the Lord that as we go forward, perhaps in the next 20 years, that as a church and as members of this church, we can account for that time and account for our efforts under God's leading by showing the monumental impact in the area of soul winning. I thought I would hear a loud amen. amen. That is the focus. And I pray that the Lord will help us. So as we then look at our role, the mandate and our future, our focus is that the Lord will help us and enable us and empower us to be able to reach souls with the gospel, to be able to reach nations with the gospel, to be able to fulfill his mandate as fishers of men as people that are focused on making disciples across the nations. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And as we look at this mandate and look at the dimensions of the mandate, within the context of our, our passage, verse 10, we saw that our Lord Jesus Christ said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And I just hear the Lord saying to us, yes, as you look into the future, going into the future, your sole focus will be doing what? Catching men. Amen? Amen. We'll be doing what? Catching men. We'll be catching men. We'll be winning souls that our lives will lift Christ up so that Christ will draw men to himself. Wherever we are, in our workplace, wherever the Lord takes us or leads us to, let us know and bear it in mind that his primary purpose for placing us where we are is for us to be shining lights for Christ. And the purpose for being shining lights for Christ 
is so that Christ can through us attract men to himself. Let the beauty of Christ be seen in our lives. And as a church, let us be known for soul winning. Let us be known for evangelism. Let us be known for missions. Let us be known for being passionate. Let us be known for being concerned for those that have not heard the gospel. I believe that as we look into the future, that is the mandate for us as a church. And I pray that the Lord will help us to fulfill it. And we must never forget the Great Commission, as we have in Matthew 28, verse 18, that says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We see a similar call in Mark 16, 15. And we encourage in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I pray that the Lord will help us as we respond to his call. And as a church, the Lord will help us to focus on fulfilling this mandate. We shall focus on the mandate and we shall be guided by the principles and examples set by our Lord Jesus Christ, particularly in John chapter 4. So we shall move out. We shall go out of our way in our bid to reach the unsaved. We shall be strategic in our evangelistic engagements. We shall overcome barriers, whatever barriers, whether gender, race, whatever barriers we shall overcome by his grace. We shall be relevant and we shall be contextual. We shall aim at reproductive conversion. So as we share the gospel with people, we shall focus on discipling them and getting them to the level that they too can share the gospel with others. And I pray that the Lord will help us. We shall make it our food to do, to do the will of the master at all times. We shall walk together in unity by the grace of God. We shall incarnate the message. As we live, we will live out the message. The gospel will be seen in us. The beauty of Christ will be seen in us. Our lives will present the gospel. We will not seek to present the good news when we are bad news ourselves. We will live out the message. We shall incarnate the message by the grace of God. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We shall pray for the miraculous. As we go into we shall pray for the miraculous. So that people, even without saying a word, can come like Peter did and say, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And he presents us the opportunity to say, Christ has come. So that you can be delivered. Peter was catching fish to kill. But the Lord then turned him around to now catch men and to give them life in his kingdom. That will be our portion in Jesus' name. So we shall pray for the miraculous. We shall maintain contact without contamination. 
as we seek to be separate, we shall engage so that we share the gospel. We shall remain focused on the harvest. And finally, we shall present the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord will grant us grace in Jesus' name. The Lord will help us and the Lord will be with us. We shall continue to leverage on the Lord's presence, his power and enablement as we seek to fulfill the vision. I have no doubts by God's grace that when we look back years from now, we would have every cause to give him glory because God will help us and grant us grace to focus on fulfilling the mandate. Let us as individuals and as a church go into the future to our work of fishing for souls, looking up in faith and around us in solemn compassion for the unsaved. Let us walk until the night comes and we will not labor in vain. For he that has called us to let down the net will fill it with fish. I want us to bow our heads and pray. I want us to talk to God. How do you want to meet your Savior? Do you want to meet him empty-handed? Or do you want to meet him with evidence that you have fulfilled the mandate? Yes, as a church, we shall focus on fulfilling that mandate. But we also need to make individual commitments what commitment are you making this morning? On this first Sunday in October, the month of our 20th anniversary, our mission month, both for us as a local church and as an organization, what commitment are you making? Where are you? If a scorecard were to be drawn out for you, what will your scorecard reveal? Where are you in the fulfillment of the mandate to go and win souls and make disciples? This is the time we have a unique chance today to recommit ourselves as we respond to this mandate afresh. As we take a fresh look and make a fresh commitment with an unwavering trust in God to help us fulfill the mandate. I want us to talk to God. And perhaps we have someone here with us, worshiping with us, whether online or on-site in church, and you have not at any time given your life to Christ. You have never declared before the Master, just like Simon did, when he said, he knelt before the master and said, Master, go away from me. I am a sinful man. And then the master beckoned and told him not to be afraid. Come. I will make you fishers of men. You've been catching fish to kill. Now you will catch people and give them life. You will catch people and I will give them life and I will give them eternal life. Do you have anyone here today, whether online, worshiping with us, or on site, you have never given your life to Christ. You've been running your life your own way. 
this is your chance to be reconciled to God. Our Lord Jesus is here with you. He's in your boat. He's coming. How do you respond? Are you going to take advantage of it like Peter did? Acknowledging his sinfulness and asking the Lord to help him. And that was his day of deliverance. Today can be your day of deliverance as well. Today is a day of salvation. Do you have anyone? Just place your hands on your chest. Place your right hand on your chest and begin to talk to God. Ask the Lord to forgive you. God bless you. Place your right hand on your chest and ask the Lord to have mercy on you and forgive you. Ask the Lord to have mercy on you and forgive you. Ask that the Lord should forgive you your sins and your trespasses. And ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. This is between you and God. It's not between you and any man. So don't be afraid. Confidently place your right hand on your chest and begin to ask God. Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. Tell him to come into your life. He's right here. And he's, he will be so delighted to do it and to work transformation in your life. Ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. Pray. Father, I want to thank you for all those that have placed their right hands on their chest. I thank you, eternal rock of ages, for them. And I thank you, Father, because it pleased you to come to this world to die for our sins and to rescue us and to redeem us. And I thank you, Father, because as many as have placed their right hands on their chest, whether online or on site here with us, Lord, have experienced your forgiveness and are benefiting from your work of redemption. I pray, Lord, that, Father, you would establish them in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you help them to stand as you come into their life and as they begin to experience transformation. Thank you, eternal rock of ages, and to you be all the glory. And the rest of us, as we make commitment to fulfill the mandate to win souls and to be fishers of men, Father, Lord, you have heard our commitment. I pray, Lord, that, Father, you will seal that commitment in the name of Jesus. And you grant us all the grace that we need to be able to live and keep to that commitment. Help us, Father, to live a life that will lift you up so that you draw men to yourself. Help us as a church as we commit ourselves to fulfilling the mandate as we look into the future, that, Lord, your presence will be with us, that you help us. You help us to excel in this area and to be fully committed to it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, and to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who place your right hand on your chest immediately after the service, whilst others are going out, please just remain on your seat and one of our pastors will walk up to you, pray with you, and then we would arrange to follow up with you. God bless you all. Let's go into our Holy Communion service now.
As we gather, may your spirit walk within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. Knowing well that as our hearts begin to wash, Corinthians chapter 10, chapter 11, from verse, verse 23, I'll read through to 29. I'm reading from the New International Version. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. I want us to rise as we pray. I want us to rise as we pray. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord. Thank the Lord for the privilege of being able to partake at his table. And this reminds me, about two weeks ago, we were praying. And the Lord took us to the story of blind Bartimaeus. And when our Lord Jesus came into Jericho, as he was passing by, 
blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus and he kept shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some in the crowd rebuked him, but he was fervent, he went on. And then ultimately the Lord Jesus, I don't know if he heard him or maybe in the spirit knew that someone was earnestly seeking his attention, said they should call Bartimaeus. And of course, the same people in the crowd quickly ran to him and said, hey, cheer up. Jesus says he should come. And when he got to Jesus, Jesus looked at him and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, two weeks ago, when we looked at that, we felt real presence that the Lord was asking us, what do you want me to do for you? Bland Bartimaeus asked, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, let it be unto you according to your faith. And we prayed that by his grace, no member of this church, no worshiper by the grace of God, will contract COVID-19. The Lord has been faithful to us over these two years. We held on to his word in Amos 9.9 that no member of this church, no worshiper in this church, notwithstanding the fact that we are located in Etiosa. Etiosa is the epic center of COVID-19 in Lagos State. And Lagos State was the epic center of COVID-19 in Nigeria. No member of our church fell. We're taking it a step further that no member will contact COVID. No worshiper will contact COVID. Their children, home and abroad, will not contact COVID. This is our request to the Lord. And I hear the Lord saying, Go, let it be to you according to your faith. Brethren, I want you to declare those words, hold on to them. Pray them into being. Believe them, confess it, and thank the Lord for it. Father Lord, we want to thank you. We want to worship and adore you. We give you glory. We give you honor and adoration, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord of ages. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be unto you. name in Jesus name Father Lord we thank you Lord we magnify your name 
We thank you, eternal rock of ages, because you are king of kings and lord of lords. You are God, Lord Almighty. There is nothing that is beyond you. And there is nothing that you cannot do. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are the creator of the entire universe. You are the great God. And Lord, you specialize in doing the impossible. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, as we hear you say to us, Go and let it be unto you according to your faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We magnify your name. We give you all the glory. We thank you, Lord, for this month of October. We thank you, Lord, for your sustenance through these 20 years. And if your commentaries, we continue to look up to you. And help us, Lord, to do your will and your will alone. Help us, Lord, to fulfill your mandate. Help us, Lord, to be shining lights for Christ. Help us, Lord, that in all that we do as a church will be Christ-centered and Christ-focused. Let it not be about man. Let it not be focused on man. But let the focus be you. Father, we adore and magnify your name. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Thank you for this month of October. Help us, Lord Jesus. Be with us. Let the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Let our lives lift you up that you draw men to yourself. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Take the bread. 